following is KPB MediaWorks production. Choose your fighter. Welcome to another episode of KPB Cast, guys. KPB Raphael here once again, and I'm bringing this episode to you with a guy who's uh, well-known within the Tekken community, especially here in the New York City scene. We bring you today Helst, and he's going to help us today with something that I want to do, which is called the State of the Union or the State of the Tekken community. Helst, how are you today, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I've, uh, I'm excited to be on this. Oh, no, thank you, man. And guys, before we go on, um, two people we want to thank, of course. That's Acquire Gaming Apparel. They make really, really good stuff. Go check out their website. You know, a lot of great stuff on there. And then, of course, Sultamiya Art. If you want to have anything uh, contracted out, if you want to have anything done, please go to her, man. She makes a lot of really cool stuff with, with her artwork, and she's multi, multi-talented. multi You know, if you need to do anything in any kind of form, she's the, you know, she's the gal for you. And with that, you know, let's get this thing going. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on is because I think it's fair to say the FGC is back to normal with Combo Breaker that just, um, you know, it was just last weekend. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm pretty sure I read that that was your first ever Combo Breaker, right? Yeah, I've been trying to get to Combo Breaker for like four or five years, and every year something would come up, uh, whether it was like work wouldn't let me get time off. At one point I had to make a choice whether I get to go to Japan for a month or Combo Breaker, and I'm sorry, I chose Japan. <laughs> and then, of course, we had a pandemic, so I spent a good four years trying to get there. Uh, only for it to just happen this year. Was Japan uh, gaming related, or is this something that you've just always wanted to do? Uh, it's a little both. Um, I went with my younger brother, who's only like two years younger than me, and uh, I, had, you know, we had talked about traveling somewhere, and I'd always wanted to go gaming and otherwise, and uh, it was it was everything I hoped it would be, and it was six months right before everything got locked down, so we wow. spurred in just under the wire, yeah. So you literally got lucky. You got you, <laughs> you guys got that all in right before the world, you know, just went into a complete lockdown. Good for we you. We got man. we got really lucky. I was I was very happy we managed to sneak it in. Nah, man, that that's awesome. Uh, you want to go into a little bit of details about that trip before we go on? Because I'm sure everybody will want to hear this. Because let's be <laughs> honest, one of uh, one of the North American gamers' dreams is to make it over to Japan. You've done it. I had Josh 360 on here, and you know he he it was everything he was hoping it to be. Like you know, let's hear your let's hear your experiences with it. I mean, God, I could pull up my Google Photos album and just sit here all day going through it. Believe me. Uh, we, we did Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, and then we also did a weekend at a, a Ryokan Onsen at a Kawafujiko at the foot of Mount Fuji with a nice wow. view of it. And we got, it, it was, so I, we tried to do as much variety of things as we could. I mean, obviously, yeah, I went to the arcades. I played tons of Tekken on cabinet. Uh, I got one salaryman to yell at me, but then he saw I was a foreigner and backed down, which I was like, no, 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 keep, <laughs> I wanted that energy. I wanted that smoke. And I was like, but they were all, they as soon as he saw it wasn't like a you know another Japanese person, he just you know bowed his head politely, just no more words. No, man, come on, I want that. That I want that full experience. How but long? No, uh, how long is that uh, plane ride? Um, we did. So we went through Philippine Airlines, which goes in and out of Manila. So we went uh, New York okay. to Manila, Manila to Tokyo. Um, so it was like fourteen hours, no, six, uh, fifteen hours to Manila from New York, and then another like four to Tokyo. Um, the layover was rough because it Philippines was very hot 
and they don't really have AC in the airport. <laughs> right. So it was it was rough, and it didn't help that I was coming hungover on the way back. That was that was a rough that was a rough trip. Because um, a bunch of my friends were coming in uh, when I was getting ready to leave. Like the, our, my last day and their first day kind of overlapped because they were coming for like idol concerts. Right. And so they were like, "Oh, just go out and have some drinks with us, you know, just just a few drinks." And you know how that goes. Just a few drinks turns into I was still drunk when I woke up and, and I passed out on the plane. As a gamer, uh, is that like a super badge of honor that you get to, uh, you know, kind of like display, if you will, to other gamers? It's like, man, guys, listen, I did the holy trip. I went over to Japan. This is what a lot of us dream of, you know. Is, is there any bragging rights associated with that? I mean, I don't know if it's bragging rights because, in my opinion, I would love everyone to be able to experience it. You know, I, I would love for everyone to be able to take a trip like that. Fully agree. Times. You know, and obviously it's not feasible for everyone, and then... You know, there's nothing I can really do about that. But, you know, I, I, I always share my pictures. I always say, I said I got recommendations. I even have all my finances for it broken down. So people who wow. want to kind of see if they can do it, I can share my entire, like, costs and everything. Obviously, there were some things that are optional. Like, my brother and I went to this Onsen Ryokan that uh, the two nights we stayed there was more expensive than all the lodgings we had for the whole trip. But it was high-end, and it was so nice. Oh, dude, that's freaking awesome, man. When you got back, you know, I'm sure... You, it, did it take a few days to process everything that you were able to finally do this trip? Or when did you come back? Was it just, you know, back to business? And it's like, you know, those are those are things that's going to be holding to your heart for for the rest of your life. Oh, my, my Google Photos continually reminds me every time. Like, hey, remember this time this year you were there? And I'm like, yeah, I know. Please stop telling me. And uh, <laughs> But honestly, like, I was there for like a month. And... So as you're there, so like you kind of get used to using another language, reading things in other languages, or behave, or like you modify your behavior because you're trying to blend in with the culture around you. And uh, I remember like when I got back to the states and I'd go out for like dinner or something, I would almost like try to call waiters over in like Japanese and stuff, and and I'd catch myself right before I did it, or I'd be like processing where I'd be translating stuff in my own head when I didn't need to. Uh, that that definitely took a little bit. Of, there was a bit of like a good month where I just had to kind of like deprogram myself for a bit. Right. But I mean, it's it, it more or less was kind of like because I basically took a day off and I went right back to work. You know, but I still think about it like that trip. I think about that trip all the time. Oh man, that's cool that you and your uh, brother got to experience that. Let's talk a little bit about. Uh... Uh, tech and specifically combo breaker uh, you mentioned it um, we all know the world went into lockdown for the better mm -hmm. part of two years and this community itself uh, you know one of the things that makes it what it is and quite frankly a lot of other communities but more so this one it's just the offline aspect of it yeah. you know Tekken 7 has been around now what uh, eight years Oh God! Are we including like location tests or yeah, just everything? Life? You know, one, everything one probably yeah. close to seven or eight years, yeah. And um, of course, again, um, everything went into a lockdown, and mm -hmm. we we got uh, offline events basically take um, taken away from us. Uh, how did the community itself? Uh, was the netcode good enough where you guys were able to do anything online? You know, or was there just the community itself uh, being around for? seven to eight years you know the community tends to dwindle down that's just uh you know that that that's just what happens uh how were you guys able to keep everything together um what, what did you guys have any kind of hardships um trying to keep the community together you know trying to do anything that keep the competitive spirit going so i mean 
in terms of netcode, it's never been great. Uh, it's been tolerable is the word I prefer to use. Like you can deal with it. Sometimes it's even good. The thing is, I have to explain to people when they made this game, they had no budget and they thought it was going to bomb. Uh, so the easiest way I tell people to notice that is if you go into the character customization, all the all the male and female models are basically the same thing, just upscaled or downscaled, except for like the big bodies, because they were just using kind of that generic Unreal uh, engine models and just basically putting a different head on them. And and I mean, it was definitely a learning curve for all of them. And and on top of that, Unreal at the time wasn't really designed for fighting games. You really had to be to know what you were doing. Uh, so for pre-pandemic, it had a very healthy offline scene. When it went on, and, and there were some online tournaments, but it was kind of like an afterthought. Right. Because if you really wanted to play at a high level, you played offline. You went to your local, even if it meant driving an hour or something. There, I will say there was a good, strong core of online events that popped up during the pandemic. You know, Chicago, Trace Complete, later on ICFC. Um, as well as we, we moved our monthlies just kind of as a stopgap measure. It's online. Uh, it was never really my goal to run a consistent online bracket. Like even as we got out of pandemic, we went back offline. Right. I, I use that term loosely, but it was more, again, it was really like a stopgap measure. It was just so we had something to kind of bridge that gap. Uh, but there were, there were some good communities, you know, that stepped up that, that really were giving people good competitive uh, weeklies that had really beefy Macharino pop prize pools generated. So while it was a struggle because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was looking forward to the Tekken World Tour 2020 finals in uh, New Orleans. Right, right. Because I was like, ooh, it's in the States, I can actually go to that. You know? <laughs> I, don't have to fly, I don't have to fly flying international. And I was pumped for that, and I was pumped to continue to build on the big success we'd had with, like, dojo events in 2019, because that really boosted our, not just visibility, but, like, people saw these dojo events, and they wanted, they wanted, people wanted to play in them. Even if they weren't going to win them, they wanted to participate. And, you know, shout-outs to Rick for coming up with the whole format. It breathed life into locals. Even small ones, you know? Like, I wasn't expecting to run 90-player brackets every month which is what happened in 2019. Wow. You know, um, and, and I'm not surprised. And, and the dojo has, system had a big part in that. And obviously going online, you kind of, I mean, you had to, it was tough because you had to find a balance between having an open bracket and then also allowing people like from farther away to enter. You know, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up. And um, that was actually going to, is a perfect segue. You know, what were the, what were the biggest challenges? Because again, we were all hamstrung. We were all, uh, you know, we were all handcuffed. Every everything had to go online, mm-hmm. whether we liked it or not. But yeah. what was the biggest, uh, you know, what was the hardest thing for you to transition what you were doing to basically everything online? Because like you said, the netco was it the best? No. Was it the worst? No. It was just right in between. You know, uh, take us through that, man. Like, what what was the biggest hardships? Uh, so, I mean, from a logistical standpoint, it was easier because I didn't have to worry about setups. I don't have to worry about people seeking controllers. I don't have to worry about equipment. Everybody, it's basically bring your own. As long as you have a copy of the game in the system, you can play. The problem was now that, so when you run a local, the only people you're really competing against is the people in your local area for like uh, scheduling purposes. So as long as I, I try to make sure I'm not overbooking other Tekken events, 
Um, like if it's a if it's a different game or if it's like anime, I'm not too worried about it. But when you're put online, you're now competing against everybody in the world. Anyone that can anyone can run an online tournament. Of course, it's, it's you know I mean challenge and and, and was a start now start GG are free to use and they're pretty self-explanatory or heck you can just write it down in an Excel sheet if you really wanted to. I mean the the barrier to run an online tournament is very low, which means everyone can do it, and it it can be a very cluttered schedule because you I mean you do, the goal is you don't want to force people to choose. It's like putting my local the same weekend combo breaker is well. Most people are probably going to go to Combo Breaker, understandably so. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I put my my online tournament the same day ICFC is, well, they're probably going to play in ICFC, and then you got people who will like double and triple dip. I had people who were like in grand finals in three different tournaments in one day, <laughs> and trying to get them to show up for the game is a fight and a half because they're too busy. They're resetting the on loser side in some other tournament. Did you, know? you and other tech and community leaders, uh, did you guys coordinate anything so you wouldn't be stepping on each other's toes during the pandemic? Or was, uh, you know, was it all meant for themselves? So the, there were some that definitely did try to coordinate a little bit, you know, uh, so that they weren't, you know, basically, I mean, there was only so much you could do, but there were definitely a few. And then you had other bigger ones like, like ICFC was just going to do their thing whether you liked it or not. It didn't yes. matter. Um, and then there were some of uh, some events that were, were sponsored like by external brands. I think there was like the Bud Light one, and there was a few others that when they picked their date, well, that was it. Yeah, they had no choice. It's yeah, it's what it's what the it's what the higher upset. And and then you had like again like ICFs, you know, they're big enough that they can just say we're just doing it this day, and everyone has to work around them. And it's it is what it is, you know. The, to be fair, they're I thought they're they're lunatics for doing a a continental open tournament and i'm like you know that 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 coast to coast connection's not gonna be great right <laughs> how did that but, go i mean they were very successful with it and i mean i you had to remember like when you sign up for that bracket you know what you're getting into like it's not a secret it's not a surprise you got to play someone from seattle sort of thing it's you know exactly what you're signing up for and as long as you accept that that's perfectly fine that's, there's nothing wrong with large region tournaments like that because it's just you have to be prepared. You're probably going to get a shitty connection or two. It's 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 part and parcel, you know. And unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, no, no, no. you being the TO, anybody else being the TO, you put this out there. You put it at guys. It's you guys got to understand. If you get stuck playing somebody from uh, you know the uh, the um across the country. It is not on us. You put down your money. You understand, and you know we don't want to hear it. But I'm sure you've gotten a lot of bad feedback from it. It's like, well, you know, I, I guess that's just the gamer mentality, right? The competitive so, mentality. The, when when they started doing that, it was right after a netcode patch had come out for. Oh, okay. Uh, Tekken, and it did improve it. The problem is, as they did additional patches for other stuff, it got progressively back to where it was. Some would even argue worse. So. So you had this, like, spike in that, you know, we were did New York City to London. We did a charity 5v5, and the connections weren't bad. They yeah, weren't, like, that. They weren't mind-blowing, but they weren't bad. You know, they you know they were uh, playable, they, you know, and it was all for charity. We were having fun anyway, so it was like, you know, whatever. You know, we were all, basically, we put both teams in the same Discord and just really, we actively encouraged them to just talk shit to each other constantly. <laughs> it made it very entertaining. It made it very entertaining, you know. And, but, and then it, it did go, the, 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 
quality of the netcode did kind of decrease as the year progressed, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, with those larger region tournaments, like it, you know what you're signing up for. You I mean, like it's not a secret. Like hey, this is full continent. You might get a crappy connection or two. You know, it's it's. I mean, to be fair, it's not you know like the good things happen to bad people tournament where if you ask for a lag test, you get DQ'd. Right, right. <laughs> Let me ask you this, man. Uh, you know, it's 2022, obviously. Uh, the pandemic has slowed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we got into Combo Breaker, uh, did you see, a, you know, numbers dwindle within the, com- within the Tekken community, um, you know, during those two rough years? Did you see some people just say, you know what, um, I- I'm just moving on with my life. I'll play, I'll play around casually. Um, did, or, or, or did you feel maybe the community uh, may have possibly grown during that time where, you know, it's like, hey, listen, we're all in this together. You know, you, you take us through that. Like, did you see any changes in the community at all, just specifically the Tekken one? So, purely from a attendance of bracket standpoint, numbers did drop. Uh, that had a lot to do with losing the momentum of the World Tour and not being able to have that kind of dedicated dojo series throughout the year. And I think, you know, with the... with people being home all the time like yeah you could they, they could play Tekken and all but to me a big part of the FGC is that last part it's the community around it it's the social aspect right you know it, I've always preferred playing offline to playing online not just for connection purposes but for social reasons like I like talk I, I some people hate me because I definitely talk to my opponent like while we play you know, and I'm laughing when I get launched for dumb stuff. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm a very social individual. So we did see like a decrease in numbers, but at the same time, I think the players are still there. It also doesn't help, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't help. I mean, it's good for the community. You know, with stuff like Strive and, and other games with really strong netcode, you know, people are trying new games. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I know. I know a lot of the people in our in the Tekken scene that of you know New York that play multiple games, and they'll they'll you know maybe they won't come to a monthly, but they'll be at the next one. You know, it's it's I think players are have more choice now in terms of like modern fighting games with a new Guilty and a new KOF and you know and Street Fighter and Tekken towards the end of their lifespan. You know they're they're trying new games. They want to try something new. This is like you said. This is an eight-year-old total, five-year-old on consoles game. Same with Street Fighter. You know it's been out a while. People want to try something new. Um, and that's just the nature of the fighting game community. The, yeah, After I the, want to say around the five-year mark for any game, they uh, people just start getting bored. When's the next iteration? What yeah, you know? They, they what, what what's new? Uh, you know when are we gonna get a, a new a newer version of the game and you know, it's not just... People just don't want patches. People just don't want hot mm-hmm. fixes. They mm-hmm. want a brand new game. It, it's it's very interesting with the community, isn't that? Yeah, I mean, I, I expected it. And it, it's... I don't... It doesn't make me feel bad. Like, I'm not doing a good enough job. It's, you know, people want to play different games. And that... So when we held our holiday party, I actively encouraged people to play whatever they wanted to. Like, it's not just Tekken. Like, you, we, I, we had, like, a, a team bracket. And we had a Tekken advance for the GBA tournament. That was fun. But uh, I know a lot of these, you know, these players play multiple games, and, and that's that's fine. Again, it's the nature of the community. It's the you know we'll get a Tekken. Tekken Seven did well enough that they will greenlight an eight. 
you know, hopefully they'll address some of the, the issues that they have with seven. Like they have a good foundation to work off of, but it's a, uh, it's just something that just happens. You know, the world, like they, they brought the Tekken World Tour back in like a really rush cycle, but it's not going to bring the same sort of player base that you had when you had a whole year circuit, you know, and the game was only two or three years old. You know, you're competing with Strive and you're competing with, with uh, uh, KOF and, and, you know, even Dragon Ball, you know, it has a small but dedicated community. So you you're, you're already have stiff competition for eyeballs and players can only go to so many things. And, and that's, but that's okay. I don't, I don't want it to sound like it's doom and gloom because it's not. It's an expected part of the game's lifespan. And uh, before we get out of the pandemic talk, how was uh, Bandai Namco with the community during the pandemic? So they uh, kind of let people do their thing initially, and then they did, I know they did a, a series, like a community series, where they got a bunch of online TOs to kind of run their own little, they gave you like X amount of money and said, run whatever you want. Right. And they actually asked us to do one as well. And we ran a Combat Combat, which was a random select tournament. And, uh, you know, it was, and that was really cool of them to do. And they, and they officially support ICFC as well. Mm-hmm. By providing you know merch and pop bonuses and all the you know all the the bells and whistles that come with that sort of thing, and uh, so they they've been they've been helpful and they did the online world tour as well, um, which was you know it's it was it was a fun. I wouldn't put too much weight into it, but it was entertaining. The competitors enjoyed it, and you know some of these guys, especially some of these online beasts, just, they just want to play and they will play not like anything. You give them a bracket, they will. They are fiending, you know. <laughs> you know, guys like FDX and Justin Iglesias came through just almost entirely online, you know. Okay. And, and it's it's I mean there's a there's a deep pool of like online only talent, you know, people who are like either live in remote locations or they can't really afford to travel, you know. And there's a there's a pretty deep pool of them, you know. Oh no, they, of course. And they uh, definitely I believe it one hundred percent. I mean, even before Tekken Seven, like you know. Uh, originally, when Funny Games started going online, there have been really good players that could only play online. Oh, trust me, yep. I, I know. Yep. It reminds me of my days of playing uh, Dead or Alive 2 online. Yep. Yep. And, you know, there, there, unfortunately, there were some people who just can't make it. And, yep. you know, some people say, well, we should completely discount those people. It's like, no, no, you no. shouldn't. It's just they have a different situation compared, yep. compared to yours. And uh, with that all being said, you're very well aware... Uh, Combo Breaker, I, listen, I know CEO had one, but I felt that one was really rushed. Combo Breaker 2022 really was the return of the community. You know, I, I think everybody is in agreement with that. Uh, it's uh, It went over great, according to everybody who went, yep. yourself included. Yep, yep. Before we get on to the, um, you know, return the Tekken community at this tournament, let's hear your experiences being, you know, one of the community heads that I'm sure you've got a lot of people talking to you. Let's hear your experiences with uh, Combo Breaker first. Let's do that. Yeah, so I actually was running as uh, a co-game lead with Ice Age for Tekken for this tournament. Um, I also competed in it, too. Did a comfortable 2-2. Two and two. You know, I took out a European. That was, you know, I did my duty. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as, as a good a good old American. Uh, to be fair, the guy was really nice, and I actually ran games with him later. He was, he was great. Uh, but um, we had a good turnout. I think it was, like, either the third or fourth most registered game. 
Um, was it over 400 competitors? I mean, I, like I forgot. It was like 560 and change. I, I don't remember exactly. But it was like 560 and change. So it, it was at least over 560 entries. Now, I'm sure the majority of them were American players. Did you, guys, did you guys have a good turnout, you know, internationally? Yes, we had a large, obviously aside from the 10v10 exhibition they did, we still had a large uh, contingent of Europeans come through to enter. Um, and not just for Tekken, too. There was like a, like a whole mob of Germans that came for like, I think it was Dragon Ball. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a lot of French that came for Dragon Ball, too. That game is very popular in France. But, yeah, there were a good handful of Germans. We had some Japanese. We had some Korean, like Rangchu and Gen and Pinya. Uh, we had, obviously, Arslan came through. Uh, now that he's got the five-year visa, it's a little easier for him to get to American events, which is right, great. Right. So he, and he played in KOF as well, got third in that, won the Tekken bracket. So there was, there was a very good diversity of, like, regions represented. Um, obviously not everywhere, but, you know, there was there, it was a good... You, it was a very good international representation. This this was really kind of the, the like, CEO in, in last winter was kind of like the pilot where they were, like, kind of testing the waters. This was the full rollout, and, and it felt like it. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's great to hear that you guys had such a great turnout. But, again, uh, like we said, uh, th this is what the community was waiting for. We were waiting yep. for that first yep. big, super offline event that everybody wanted to head out to and it wasn't just only for games it's just you know a return to seeing lots of friends you know lots of uh you know camaraderie that only could only happen within the fgc and um i believe uh arslan was the one who won the tournament correct yep yep gen got second anakin got third there you go and um you know from your perspective uh you you already said it yourself the the tournament was good as it could be uh, you mm -hmm. know, great turnout and everything like that. Uh, you, I'm sure you had yourself a, a fun time being your first combo breaker. And Very I actually busy. wanted to ask you, since you did play and you did go, from a competitor and from just a spectator, like, wh what did you feel, you know, being able to get back to it? So, since about 2019, like, when the tour was going on and, like, beyond that, like, I kind of stepped away from competing because originally when I started running locals, I want it was mostly because I wanted to play, and this way I could drag people out to play with me. <laughs> but uh, somebody uh, has to do it, right? So yeah, somebody has to do it. And then as it grew in size and scale, I realized I couldn't, I didn't have the time or the resources to do both. So I kind of stepped back from competing a bit. And honestly, I wasn't even sure if I'd make my pool for this one because I was doing co-game lead, so I was working almost the entire day on, on you know, running the tournament. Right. And so, you know, I was exhausted because I was on my feet for 12 hours. And so, if anything, I used uh, uh, the my time in the pools to, like, not stand, to sit down because my feet were killing me. You know, as a competitor, like, it definitely... It definitely gave me the, the the bug to want to start like really grinding again, even though knowing I, I don't have like the time to enter in all the brackets and like really play how I want to, but it made me just want to play. Period. Like even if it was just running games with friends or for strangers, you know, win or lose, I just wanted to play now. Right. Um, and seeing all and you know and a lot of it was, you know, I would, when I was there, I'm seeing old friends, hugs and and, and daps and high fives and just you know seeing people you haven't seen in in years literal years and it was very much like just a giant reunion you know it was really nice to see everyone and it really made me want to play again and it really got me excited to start running locals again it's given me a bunch of ideas of stuff i want to try you know it definitely relit like the fire in me for it 
you know, because again, I'm very much like the social part of this is the most important part to me. And being around everyone and in that environment and in a crowd, you know, it, it really makes you want to just go even bigger. Did the community feel the same way you feel? I think so. I mean, based on everyone I talked to, everyone was thrilled to see each other again. You know, again, most of these people hadn't seen each other other than online or in discords in, in literal years. And I think uh, I know a lot of I've seen from friends on Twitter going, damn, Comic Breaker got me want to play Tekken again. You know, <laughs> obviously, there's still that drive because the people want like, OK, when's Tekken 8 coming out? This game's getting kind of up there. But, you know, it, people still thoroughly enjoy the game. You bring up uh, when's Tekken 8. The recent reveal uh, of Tekken 6, has that talk uh, ramped up within the Tekken community? Come on, when's with the, Tekken with 8? The, with the Tekken World Tour? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. People, I, I knew Michael Murray was there, and I already knew what the announcement was, but I know people were like, oh, he might announce Tekken 8. I'm like, he's not going to do it here. If he's going to announce it, he's going to do it at Evo, he's going to do it at World Tour Finals. Makes or sense. they're going to do it at a trade show, like State of Play or something, you know. Or, or Tokyo Game Show, one of those. So, I knew it was the World Tour. I didn't know any details about the format. I just knew that's what they were announcing. To be fair, they kind of leaked it themselves, like, months ago. Right. Uh, but, you know, that's aside the point. I know people are... Uh, people aren't just, like, saying, I'm not playing until Tekken 8 comes out. A lot of people are playing Tekken 7, and the common thread I usually hear is, I want to pr- practice and learn as much T7... So when T8 comes out, I'm ready to hit the hit the you know ground running. That's I'm, kind of like the general consensus I get. Or again, it's just like I like playing Tekken. I'm going to keep doing it. Did you get to meet any of the other uh, Tekken community leaders at Combo Breaker? Yeah, I mean, I did commentary with Bumpy Swarm. That was a lot of fun, you know. And I've known him for for a couple of years now. Um, Ice Edge, obviously, doing stuff down in in the, in the southeast. You know, Spag obviously doing a lot of good work. I've worked with him before on stuff, and he's doing a lot of good work out in uh, in Europe. Um, so yeah, there were there were definitely a few there, and you know, I would chat with them a bit when I get the chance. Uh, I was working a lot, and I was also you know, the the few off hours I did have, I was trying to like enjoy it. You know, go to the arcade, play some stuff on cab, that sort of thing. But no, definitely, they definitely ran into a few of them, and you know, had some really good conversations. After the tournament was all, all done and everything, and uh, everybody's just happy for something to be back of that caliber, what is next for the Tekken community? Obviously, Evo is going to be coming up. Yep. Uh, I don't know what CEO's numbers are looking like. Um, I believe well, DreamHack was tour. happening this weekend. And, of course, the World Tour. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, from, your, from what you know, you know let, let us know what, what's next for the Tekken community. So, with the tour coming back up, which officially kicks off with CEO at the end of the month, I think that's going to be the big scramble. They brought a modified dojo system back. Uh, you know, their offline majors are CEO, East Coast Throwdown, Evo, obviously. They're all happening, Summer Jam. They're all going to be happening, and they're all going to, you know, whether they're master events or, or dojo events, they're all going to have good numbers or at least decent numbers you know this is kind of in my opinion this will be like the last t7 world tour if i if bamco does what i expect them to do they will probably use evo at the end of the world tour to kind of as a platform to build up to ta or have or announce it at evo have like a playable demo at the world final something like that i i think that's probably the path this is going to go down 
and really it's going to be up to in my opinion be up to bamco to support the the local scenes not just the majors to kind of because a lot of the reason tekken 7 did so well was because there was very good local grassroots support for it and it built and you know when they did the dojo system it you know just elevated the whole thing because then you have like the chicago local or our local or whatever was now you could get tour points for it and so it also incentivized international players to go to other locals so we had q dan's and saint and arson ash show up at our local and play you know for for tour points so i think i think really it's going to come down i think in the you have this year's worth of majors lined up the tour is going to go on and if they're smart and Bamco does what I expect them to do, they're probably going to lead that into TA and start kind of, they're going to want to do a tour right out the gate for TA. Even if it's like a location-based one like they did uh, uh, previously when T7 first came out to console. They, they kind of did stop similar to Red Bull Conquest where people could, could, play, could play and qualify for like a, a national final sort of thing. So uh, that's why I think the, the next step is for this. For the community itself all right then like you said uh it's it's really all on namcoza it's it's on their court for what happens next uh you mentioned evo they're probably gonna you know well you're thinking they're gonna announce something out there uh CEO, it wouldn't surprise me yeah the world tour is coming up you know i always like to talk about this with a few people and you're the perfect person to say it. let's just talk about the u.s scene only you yeah. know the the international scene it is what it is but l let's just um you know uh where is the u.s scene compared to the international scene competitive wise so the big thing i think is it, it's like comparing eu to, to america the big problem is it they're it's apples and oranges they're they're not really one-to-one -one comparable because the u.s scene is way more spread out uh, you yes. know, between the coasts and the north and south, because it's just a bigger landmass. So you have all these like pockets, and this is kind of true for most of the FGC because it is so spread out. You know, you have like SoCal, NorCal, the Pacific yes, Northwest, New York, Florida. So you have these kind of independent scenes all growing on their own, and there's good players coming out of all of them, but they don't often, outside of majors, get to kind of cross pollinate and play with each other and learn from each other. You know, because the the distance required to travel for that offline is so far, and right. online really online again not bad, not good. It's not somewhere you're. It's not a place you're going to get real high level training. You can do it, but it's not going to be the same as like a live test fire you know environment. So compare somewhere like EU, where if if guys from London wanted to play against German guys, it's a couple hour trip. You know, it's it's not it's and I'm not saying that it's an easy trip. I'm just saying it's significantly more accessible in those kind of regions or yes. like in Korea or like in Japan or, you know, it's you're, it's you're just, not taking a plane eight hours. Yeah, you don't have you don't have to, you know, you can take a train or, you know, it's much more condensed and, and it's more easily accessible, you know, through pub public transportation, through trains and whatnot, you know, because they're, they're not as spread out. Um, and right, I think right. and I think that really benefits them because you get again you get that frequent like cross pollination of playing styles and regions you know so the guys from Munich and the guys from London are going to learn a lot more because they can see each other way more often um, so other than that like in the states really you know you have like the northeast corridor which kind of shares a bit you have like the southeast that shares a little bit the NorCal SoCal NorCal SoCal alone that's like a six seven hour you know drive 
Yes, it is. You know, yes, so it it's it's. I think distance doesn't help, but at the same time, I think we have a very deep talent pool. It's just a matter of making those interactions accessible. And but that's that's a logistical problem. That just comes with the nature of having a, a nation of this size, or at least like this spread out. You know, and, if they all uh, lived within the Northeast, it'd be very easy to do. But that's not that's not really how it works. So. And uh, to finish this off, man, I actually wanted to ask you something because you brought it up yourself. Combo Breaker reminded you how much you love playing the game, you know, how much you just love the camaraderie that the community brings. Uh, you've, been the, you've been a community leader in, here in New York City for a while now. I believe you said you took it up in 2018, 2019 because nobody else was doing it. 2017, technically. 2017. So that's uh, going to go on five years. I mean, how long do you see yourself doing this? How long do you see yourself keeping the Tekken community here in New York City together? You know, I, I said the same thing in, in some of the whole back to block videos they did on our, our tournaments and our scene. Shout out to Esteban for that. But uh, I, I will, I will, I always said, you know, I started this because I wanted people to play with offline. But as I've done it, I've grown to love the, all the friends I've made, the community that we have. You know, just hanging out with them, going whether it's playing games or like just going seeing them yesterday, hey, having a drink or two. I've kind of grown to love the community, and you know, I the, the same sentiment stands. Like I will do this as long as people want it. Like as people keep showing up and people keep asking, hey, we want to play, we want a place to play, we like, you know, we want this organized. I'll keep running them. When the when people stop showing up, when the demand's not there, though, there's no reason for me to really run it. So it's really just, I'm going to do it while there's demand, and then when that stops, then I'll stop. Until then, the program continues to schedule. And listen, man, I just want to say thank you once again. And I'm glad I got together with you today, Hell, so, uh, so that way you could give an idea of what's going on within the gaming community, uh, within the Tekken community, excuse me, especially after Combo Breaker. Uh, again, that was the big return. Thank you very much for your time, man. If anybody wants to reach out to chat to get information, how could they do that? Well, first off, thank you for having me. You know, I'm, I'm flattered to even be asked, and I'm happy to, to talk about this sort of thing. I mean, I just did a two-hour stream with Retro Station talking about how tournaments work. Yeah, uh, I actually enjoyed that, man. Thank you very much. I'm glad you brought that up because I, myself, I run pool tournaments, and that was a really informative two, two and a half hours, I believe it was. Uh, guys, if you want to get into uh, anything uh, running, especially FGC stuff, I really suggest checking it out. Yeah, I mean, it's only supposed to be an hour. We definitely got off the rails a bit, but uh, but no, if, if you want to find me, uh, you can. I'm, I'm normally on Twitter at HealthNYC or on Twitch uh, just slash Health. That's my personal channel, but of course, if you want to watch me for my Tekken stuff, uh, you can check out at NYC Tekken on Twitter and then also uh, twitch.tv slash NYC Tekken where all of our VODs are for our tournaments. We also have a YouTube as well. If you just look up NYC Tekken community, you'll, or yeah, you'll find it. Guys, uh, check it out. He puts in a lot of hard work. I'm sure I'm going to have you on again uh, to give a retrospective of your career in general. So uh, stay tuned for that, guys. That's going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. And yeah. uh, once again, House, you know, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was, it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right, guys. That was the State of the Union of the Tekken community. This is KPB Raphael signing off. Uh, love you guys. Uh, stay tuned for more fun stuff. And have yourself a great day, great evening, great night, wherever you may be listening to this. Thanks a lot, Health. Well, thank you. Peace, y'all.
This has been a KPB MediaWorks production. <laughs>